0: Hello and welcome to another Inside Lyme podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Cameron. In this podcast, I will be discussing a 24-year-old army officer who was forced out of the military due to Lyme disease. I first read about this case in the Journal of the Pediatric Infectious Disease Society by Weiss and colleagues. We often think of Lyme disease as a threat to the public engaging in enjoyable outdoor activities like hiking, camping, and gardening. But Lyme disease and other tick-borne illnesses are a constant threat to individuals serving in the military who spend much of their time working in heavily forested or mountainous terrain. A 24-year-old man was a second lieutenant trained at a U.S. military academy. The young man had completed an arthroscopic repair of a labral tear of his hip. A labral tear is an injury to the soft tissue that covers the hip joint. He was expected to return to active duty but then he developed unexplained knee swelling during his recovery. The doctors removed 75 cc's of fluid, which is about two and a half ounces. They first thought he might have gonorrhea and they treated for gonorrhea, but the tests for gonorrhea were negative. The man was subsequently diagnosed with Lyme disease based on knee swelling and also his uh, test of the knee fluid. Now, knee swelling which is called synovitis, is common in Lyme disease. There's also swelling of other sacs uh, that they call by a different name. They call it sacroiliitis if it affects the lower back where the spine and meets the hip, and also they call it bursitis if it occurs in the hips and shoulders. The young man's uh, synovial fluid was positive. The doctors could not be certain whether the Lyme disease was caused by a latent infection that he had 15 years earlier, or was it a new infection. So the synovial fluid was negative after doxycycline, but during the treatment, the young man developed swelling in his other knee. Over the next several weeks, the doctors removed fluid from the young man's knees. He developed a vagar cyst, which is like a synovitis, but it involves a bulge behind the knee. The young man was treated with a month of intravenous ceftriaxone. The doctors did not advise additional antibiotics. They concluded that the knee pain was due to reactive arthritis and they gave hydroxychloroquine, which is a drug used uh, in the autoimmune diseases like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. Unfortunately, the young man remained ill with severe fatigue, memory issues, headaches, non-restorative sleep, and complaints of angina. He also continued to have chronic pain in his knee, hips, and he had fluid in both knees. The young man's career was over. He was, quote, deemed unfit for duty, end quote, wrote the authors. It must have been frustrating for this 24-year-old army officer to be forced out of the military due to Lyme disease. The authors concluded their paper with a discussion of post- Treatment Lyme disease syndrome, where a lot of patients who remain sick continue to have uh, pain, fatigue, and poor cognitive function. Some doctors have concluded that patients who suffer from PTLDS do not suffer from persistent infection, yet, there is no reliable test to prove that a persistent infection is cleared. I agree with the author's conclusion that this case highlights the need for increased surveillance for Lyme disease in military training areas and for early and aggressive diagnosis and treatment of military personnel," wrote the authors. What questions does this case raise? How often are military personnel and their families affected with tick-borne infections? We need more information on this subject. What's the best treatment protocol for military personnel with Lyme disease who remain sick? I'm not a big fan of post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome. I haven't been a fan until they can come up with a reliable test to prove that there is no persistent infection. I always revisit the question of a persistent infection. And that remains rather controversial. How many military personnel and families fail treatment? And should the young man have received additional antibiotic treatment? I think they should have looked again at rather than uh, stop treatment and just treat the inflammation. Should doctors diagnosing military personnel with PTLDs inform patients that there's no reliable test to prove the absence of a persistent infection? I think patients should be informed that doctors are divided, that there are those who call it a syndrome and won't treat, and uh, there isn't really a great treatment if you uh, call it a syndrome, and there's doctors like myself who look a second time at whether there's a persistent infection. And we certainly need research on that area. Thanks for listening to another Inside Lyme podcast. You can read more about these cases in my show notes and on my website at danielcameronmd.com. As always, it is your likes, Comments, reviews, and shares that help spread the word about Lyme disease. Until next time on Inside Lyme.